Hi guys, and welcome back to another episode of My Dog My Has Dog Please. Please. Carlos is here today. <laughs> um, well, where else would Carlos be? Uh, his own podcast? Wait, what? Yes, no. yes, yes. Have you guys checked it out? If not, check out Dig No Further. Am I yep, saying that? Yep, yep. Is that right? Is that where it is? Yep, yep. DNF, Dig No Further. Little baby podcast season one is out and on YouTube. Little and five minute videos. <laughs> what's your YouTube channel? Uh, problems made easy. Oh yeah, there it's under go, there. Guys. It's a little confusing, but uh, I'll get it sorted out. For dig no further content, go to problems made easy on YouTube. For web mm-hmm. access, just go to dignofurther.com. Yep, that's the best. Perfect. Awesome. Um, Carlos right. is really good with his podcast. He has a lot of Q and A's. Um, they're short and sweet. Uh, they're not as entertaining as mine, of course, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> they're short and sweet, like the little dogs I like working with. So that works yeah, out. Yeah, they are short and sweet. You have a dog with you right now. Yeah, it's little Milo. He's not here for long. So, so there's also that they stay for short and sweet little periods and then they leave. Yeah, and then I miss them. Get your a daily lot. dose. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. So actually, I think you wanted to talk um, about some case, case studies. studies right? Yes. Okay. Because I, this yeah, little yeah, yeah. guy here is probably, I don't know if yours is going to be more on the difficult side, but this guy was puzzling me at first, but I'll let you get into, into no, yours. No, no, no. Let's go with yours can... first. Let's go with yours. So he, he came in, well, he's been coming to the play sessions before when we used to have them and we're about to resume. So I'm really excited about that. But when he was coming to them, he was pretty shy, a bit reserved. He kind of minded his own his own business. So I didn't really think too much of it. I just thought, yeah, he'll be he'll warm up. But we eventually had to stop the sessions, the play sessions. And then he started coming here uh, for some one on one time. And I tried teaching him how to connect with me a little bit more on the leash and how to just have more of a bond there. But it, it was it was tough. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I couldn't even do that with him. It would just be way too much where. He was too distracted. His brain goes, he's a little Yorkie. So his brain is fast, 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 flash speed. So there's no getting him to make good choices. He can, but then his brain moves so fast that he's onto the next thing and the next thing. So I thought, you know what? Let's just bond. Let's just go to enrichment without really thinking that he would make much progress. But just through that alone, just through doing things together, spending more time, he's been coming at least two or three times a week. Mm-hmm. He now gives me naturally a lot of eye contact, naturally checks in, talks to me a lot. If I'm on the phone while we're walking, he'll stop and look at me as if, hey, you know, focus. Aww. You have my attention now. Then <laughs> use it, right? So Aww. um he's he's come a long way. And honestly, I did not think he would come this far this soon. It's been... I would say maybe two months of really going at it. We're really spending a lot of time together, mainly outdoors. And I'm not asking a whole lot. We're just being there and he's getting to experience things. So we're spending a lot of time outdoors. It's done wonders for him. And just as a result, he's just a lot easier and better at communicating. He doesn't get so overwhelmed anymore. And he's able to actually enjoy being on walks. And it just makes me want to walk with him even even more. So that's been one of my proudest moments is just being able to build on that bond with him and probably Aww. one of my favorite case studies and i know he's one of your favorites oh he's so cute we talk about him often <laughs> it just helps um so um is he like has he reintegrated with your group and stuff like that where is he on that level 
We're about to find out tonight. So we're resuming the play sessions tonight at six and seven, and he's going to be there for both. So I think he's he's one of those Yorkies that um, what I like about him as well is if he's tired, you won't really know. And he's not really going to show any signs of stress. So he's very resilient. Right. So if I throw him in a group of dogs, he'll be just fine. Maybe mm -hmm. at most what he'll do is the ones that are really um, into him, he'll maybe walk away a bit, but that's that's normal. Um, and, but then he'll come back. He's very curious. He just wants things at, at a certain pace. And that's what I figured out with him as well. Is I can't just go somewhere. I, I started with just carrying him to certain places or carrying him whenever I felt like he was super disconnected so he could kind of come back. And then yeah. we, he's been What, he's what been were great, your signs? So. Um like you mentioned disconnection, but what were your signs that uh, you needed to like kind of step back with your approach? What were some of the the signals that he was giving you like um, behavioral or like emotional or what were what were what was he signaling to you just for people who are listening who might not know? Like yeah. you can look, look, look at you can look at it and be like, I I know what this right. looks like. Uh, but for someone who's listening, what does that kind of look like? So because I, I knew to not expect a lot of a whole lot of eye contact and that on its own naturally it wouldn't really mm. be a big indicator because he was already focused on everything else right but when he would start zooming towards something or just almost mindlessly bolting towards anything it could be even cars he would just right. start going towards them i knew okay something's happened whether it's a smell or a sight or a sound and he doesn't get triggered very easily i mean he's tiny so it's normal that anything will Mm -hmm. worry or concern him for a moment but he recovers pretty fast so um without trying to figure out what has maybe set him off i'll just know okay you're you're not in tune with me you're not with me right now for whatever reason let's just almost forcefully i guess let's just stop either sit down or just come in my arms we'll we'll snuggle and he wouldn't really try to squirm away or anything yeah um he would still sniff the air he would still look everywhere so right. he's still very much engaged um, and he never really was trying to let me know that or by squirming or anything that he wanted to go back down. So yeah. it didn't feel as though I was depriving him of something. It felt more as I'm actually providing him a break. And I recommended that to his uh, owner as well. And I, I believe that they've also put that into practice. So that that helps. But anytime he's been here, I rarely pick, rarely pick him up now. Mostly if we're in a busy street and there's a lot of cars, I feel safer if he's in my arms as we cross it. But otherwise, right. I just let him walk. And if I go the other way, he comes. If if I stop, he stops. If he stops, I stop. It's just amazing now. Yeah. I was going to say, it's it's almost like you actually, uh, you literally stop to smell the roses. Like just taking the scene in front of you and yeah. just process it without all of the moving stimulus around. Without um, having to to rush, because I think that's what he yeah. he still sniffs everything. That's not gonna. He's just naturally curious. He wants to sniff everything, and, and he'll mark as well. Um, yeah. But now he knows. Hey, I'll get there. I don't have to. To right. Bolt. He's not fixated and obsessed of like just yeah. uh, forgetting that you're there and you know you're holding him back, so to speak. <laughs> now you're doing it yeah. together. Yeah, a hundred percent. That's awesome. Um, I actually feel like uh, I had a moment. Uh, I feel like I get overstimulated when I go out and like I dread going out to um, like anywhere that's crowded. So I actually went out on the weekend. Um, I went to the premium outlets and I had a goal in mind of what I was going to get. But I had to go to different stores to kind of shop around and see like which um, which product I wanted. So I wanted a pair of boots. Um, and so like I didn't have a store that I was like, OK, I'm going to get the boots from this store. I actually went around to see like which uh, store had like the best boot for Wait, are um, you the case study 
I'm the case study <laughs> in this particular example because I feel like I'm a Milo. <laughs> but yeah. I had a moment. Me too. Um, and so I went to the different stores and like, usually I'm in and out, right? Like I'm a person who goes and I window shop and then that's it. I'm out. I know exactly what I want, but I didn't, I had no idea. And so I went there and, um, I walked around to the different stores and I got my shoes. So I went to the store, saw it, couldn't make a decision. That's the other thing. I'm so indecisive. <laughs> and I'm just like so overwhelmed. I was like, Oh my God. And I left the store, walked away, uh, went and got myself a smoothie. And then I did the unthinkable. I sat there. I sat in the middle of the premium outlets on a concrete like side uh, wall. Mm. And I just watched people while I, I, it's cold, mind you. Okay. And I'm drinking a cold smoothie and I'm just sitting mm. there watching people. And I was like, that's probably the first time I was not in a rush to go anywhere. And I actually really? was just like thinking. And I was like, I came back from that whole like shopping experience. Like I can actually say that I enjoyed it. I I thoroughly enjoyed that whole experience. Now I did go back. I got the boot from the store that I sat in for a while with the boot on my foot. Um, and then I went back to another store and then I actually got on the phone. I called a couple of friends. We had a FaceTime. I took them around with me. Like it was great. Like it was cold. It was dark, but I was having a good time. Like just being in the moment and not being like, boom, 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 boom. I need to get this, this and this, get in the car and go home. I just sat around. I watched what was going on. Um, and you know this about me. I get overstimulated. Like how many times have we tried to go out and do work somewhere? And I Well, yeah, I'm trying to remember that if you're either really <laughs> slow where you're lagging, but I, I think it's more so, yeah, you it's it's hard to get you to just yeah. hey. Yeah, and I you're small, so I, I I could probably pick you up. <laughs> but I think that works best with we'll Milo. Just sit on this bench and just chill out. Yeah. yeah. Like it's crazy. Like if I go on the TTC, um, <laughs> I sit and watch people like I don't even take a book out. I don't listen to anything like I'm pretty content with just like, wow, like this is what's happening. Like, but it's pretty, um, it's pretty normal. I think a lot of people get overwhelmed. People don't like crowds and dogs similarly, but I particularly enjoy it. I, I love sitting right in the middle, especially if yeah, I don't have do. to do anything oh my God. and just watching or even doing work. I don't know how, how... I don't know how you do the work. <laughs> I don't know. Me either. Funny story, guys. Carlos and I went out one time to get work done. And um, Carlos has his setup. He's he he has his stuff down pat, I must say. I, on the other hand, I bring everything with me. You brought everything. Two iPads or Jesus. <laughs> and I set up and I... Carlos is beside me doing work. And I'm set up beside him, put on my TV. They're staring at me or <laughs> watching what not even watching what you the put TV on. The TV was on and Carlos was beside <laughs> me. And I turned around and I watched the people behind me. <laughs> a disaster yeah you can't take me anywhere uh, um no. <laughs> but i really i i like that i like that you know i think sometimes like we get so caught up in like the hustle and the bustle and we just have to we're just busy like there's not enough time in the day and i i feel like it's so important to just stop and process um if That's you huge. have the time like i had the time i wasn't doing anything i wanted to be home but i i had a good time out there as well and like it's but so they... nice to hear that I guess they force you to take that time because um, as I started this program of having dogs get dropped off here, because previously before the summer, that wasn't my, I was doing other work. Right. But um, since that started, it forced me to do the exact same thing. Like yeah. as much as I asked that of my dogs, I have to now do the same so I can get the same back. And yeah, oh, weirdly enough, and I don't know if this is related or not. My eyesight got better as a result. Oh, I work glasses goodness. less I'm in front of the screen, less, a lot less, or at least the big screens. Um, and this is so your somehow, PSA. 
get a dog yeah. your eyesight my glasses <laughs> half the time i don't know where they are and one one of my two pairs broke and somehow it's gotten better by being outside more with these dogs and this wasn't a plan but it worked out yeah no it's that's awesome that's uh that's good i think maybe it's because you're looking at screens less i think maybe you got oh, like, yeah. a glary thing you know yeah well, it's um, because of these it's because of these dogs if they weren't yeah. here i'd be looking at screens more and more yes um so my case study is different and it is a problem uh behavior Hmm. um so i didn't actually work with these clients because there's a few things that i have to kind of assess and um check off in order to work with um with people and their dogs so this was a client um where i'm trying to remember the details i didn't pull it up here um i'm not sure if there is a bite history with this dog but it was an elderly couple um it was a large dog and they were he was reactive this dog was reactive to the point where he was pulling them down he was trying to like chase the dogs he was lunging like it was not a very polite reactive like hello my name is rover i want to meet you um it was like and you know if i don't know what would happen if the dog ever got to the other dog um so uh that's this basically was like uh the um the form that they filled out this was just a little caption of what they said that they need help with so um I went over and I met them. I talked to them and we were talking about like uh, what the dog has done in the past and what they've kind of done to help the dog. Um, So a few things going on. So the owners have been pulled down to the point where I think one of them has broken their wrist. Um, I think one, it was either their, their back or their hip. I can't remember exactly the details, but uh, the dog is pretty strong. Um, and they weren't able to hold the dog and another dog came by and the dog reacted, uh, such that it pulled the person down and they injured themselves really badly. Um, so that was like, that was number one. So I was like, okay, we'll, we'll just pin that for now. Um, the other factors were the dog has two neighbors on each side of its house that have other dogs as well. So every time this dog goes out, um, the dog is is either hearing or seeing other dogs because maybe the other neighbor, you know, maybe the one to the right or maybe the one to the left lets their dog out as well at the same time that this dog is out. So things are mm. happening at the fence. Um, they lived in a rural area. So factor number two is how often can we actually get this dog out and practicing? Um, so the main factor here, uh, why I, I didn't actually go through with this person and the is it's not that I, I didn't think I could help the dog. It was um, the safety aspect. Uh, so I just want to mm. say I didn't work with them um, just because I wasn't sure how uh, what their capability was to hold their dog, seeing as they've already been injured. Um, you have to kind of uh. weigh your pros and cons, right? Like I'm I'm going to be putting this dog um, in situations where there will be people around, you know, like if we go to a park setting, um, will their owners be able to help the dog and hold them? Can they can they control the dog? Can they manage the dog? Will they be able to, um, you know, move away actively if things kind of go sideways? Like our intent is not to flood the dog by any means, um, you know, but if I bring a dog out at 100 feet and they see this, this, the dog sees that that dog at 100 feet, what the reaction is going to be and if the owner is going to be able to do something. Um, the idea when we are doing, uh, I just want to like preface this and say the idea when we are doing um, any type of reactivity, 
uh, with dogs, we usually find a baseline where the dog is not reacting. The dog has alerted, but mm. the dog has not gone into full blown. I'm over threshold and I'm reacting. But saying that, I'm, you know, we always have to practice safety and you can never say that something bad won't happen. Um, and a dog pops out from somewhere else that's not a con controlled area. Uh, what will happen then? So, you know, I have to think about like my my helper dog, my helper, uh, the humans that are holding on to their own dog and the dog. Um, yeah. so those are the reasons why I didn't end up taking on this client. But some of the things that I did talk about with them, um, and this is why I wanted to talk about case studies today, uh, is because I've seen this uh, walking by someone's backyard. They had a screen up. So they had like a chain link fence and then they had like a screen. They could still see, but um, it was like a black screen that goes over the fence. And, you know, it kind of diffuses uh, what you can see beyond it. So uh, I was like, I think we should really talk about this. So one of the things that I told these people was, hey, I think we should probably talk to your neighbors and we should try to lower his stress level. Because when he's going outside and if he's expecting to see, you know, dog number one and dog number two on each side of the fence, He's always living in a stressful state. So how can we mm -hmm. kind of, you know, reduce his stress at home? Um, so uh, that was one. The other thing was, can we put up a barrier? Can we even put up a fencing system that creates even more of a barrier from the fence so that if the other dogs happen to get out, that we're not nose to nose with the chain link fence between us, but we're nose to nose with maybe six feet of fence and a screen between us, um, something like that. Because it was a it was a rural property. They had a big yard. Um, so uh right off the bat they shot me down and they said no the neighbors aren't going to go for it but i would have liked to right. hear let me talk like let me talk to them let me see what we can do you know like let's create a schedule like my dog goes out at two and then you know do you, do you think it's so that they'll go so that um they expect you to go oh they'll say no okay no problem so we can do because it, it, it takes like a I village come up with something but, else yeah, because uh, it's something where they don't have to go that route, but I it's like you 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 have you want you need to go that route. Like it's yeah, I don't know why they shot it down without even talking because it doesn't sound like they had a terrible relationship with their um with their neighbors. Like one of them did say uh that I one of the neighbors was a dog trainer. Now I don't think it's interesting. the same kind of training that I do, um, but. I, I feel like as a dog trainer on any level, maybe I, I feel like if you're not, if you're understanding, you would be like, you know what, they are trying to help this dog. Let me do my best to try to do something like it is your yard. I understand. And we're saying to you, like, don't let your dog up between these times. But I'm not saying like out of a 24 hour day that, you know, I'm just saying like, OK, between the hours of two and two thirty, maybe um, my dog is out having some exercise. I'll let my dog out at between six and six thirty a.m. And, you know pick sometimes and then everybody kind of you know helps each other out like you should live good with your neighbors is what I always kind of uh live and breathe and I I, I feel as though like we should have at, le at least tried um you're you're nice or you're generous because I would have <laughs> even said you guys can't regulate that the the backyard or you don't know what's going to happen or when close the door we're not using that what if you didn't have a backyard would you do what you'd, you'd go for a walk and react it but you still have no no backyard if it doesn't exist you still have to figure out or we have to figure out some way to use the walks but if they're gonna go no we can't go the avenue of of trying to work with the neighbor you're well, you're, you're walks <laughs> were out of the question too right because they're on a rural yeah. property and when they're walking other dogs are out there and they're off leash on their property so it was a really difficult situation. I couldn't one. help them yeah. with uh, the backyard. They they just shot it down. 
Uh, taking yeah. the dog to a park, we have unknowns. It's not a controlled environment. Taking the dog on a walk. And there are things that we could do uh, to help our dogs, like how you built your connection with Milo. Mm-hmm. Um, we could build our connection with this dog. But I just felt... Uh, the other thing is too, when we start doing behavioral cases, a lot of times people want to run before they can walk. So they see a little, yeah. and they throw the you dog. You think they would have been that kind to, you know what, we get it. Yeah. So we want to, we want to get there a little bit. You know, yeah. So soon. it was like, we could do things, right? We can, we can see a dog and be like emergency U-turn, right? The dog didn't even make eye contact with that dog. We're just turning around. Mm. Um, It's just, what was the ability of the human to yeah. be able to be aware of the situation know that something is ahead of them was he a rescue he was a rescue Uh, so see that's a whole other other thing like we we could spend a whole episode on on this other topic of because when you say safety i'm thinking you know and you've mentioned that someone's fallen or someone's gone injured i'm thinking you're not in your 20s 30s 40s maybe 50s anymore um but yet who's putting this dog in your hands i mean these people have the utmost love for for the dog that they want to bring home but i'm i'm thinking just logistically the yeah. the scenario where even even with the pup like a pup i don't know just uh, yeah. that's yeah that's why i can't blame you because i'd probably go yeah can't help you but in a way we also want to figure out where else are they going to go they have the dog i can't uh, yeah. it's it's tough it is hard because it's like i'm taking on a huge liability to take on mm. this dog right um i uh. I don't know, you you know, when you're working certain cases, you need to kind of be doing it on a regular basis. It can't be like I come every two weeks. The dog is not going to learn anything oh. every two weeks. This is not like we're teaching a, a simple behavior like sit or down. This is actually emotionally changing this dog's response to seeing these things in the environment. And um, so it was They're really difficult. spend money and time and you can't mm-hmm. promise anything with the rescue. No. No, that's yeah. yeah. And, you know, like this dog was maybe two years old, um, a bigger okay. dog. These people were into their retirement. Um, uh, yeah. So it was it was a difficult situation. It was hard to turn, you know, turn them away. I didn't really um, I kind of left the ball in the court. So I said, you know, these are my recommendations. Uh, I would first start with trying to talk to your neighbors about having their dogs out. Um, let's bump up his enrichment, you know, so that he has less energy to throw at the situation when it comes up, should it come up. Um, And, uh, you know, um, just work on your connection with him right now. You need to build some sort of trust, some sort of safety net that, hey, I'm in a bind right now and I'm going to look to you to help me out. Um, And uh, so that's kind of where I left it. But it was just, um, it was something that I wanted to talk about because it was like, I don't know if people know that sometimes, you know, um, there are things that are like we don't control our neighbors, but sometimes it's worth yeah. the conversation. Uh, and then you know you have to think about the safety of others. And if like if you're not thinking about yourself, I understand you love your dog so much, and your dog pulls you and you fall down. Um, no, like it, you're not gonna be like, oh my god, this dog. Like you know, you're gonna be like, oh well, it happened and it was to me. But what are the other factors that we don't control? And we need to really think about that as well. Um, but that was uh. It was unfortunate. Yeah. I don't know what happened to the dog. Uh, I mm. don't know if they kept the dog. I'm pretty sure. I feel like they did keep the dog, but I just worry that, like, you know, you keep this dog and uh, they're always kind of stressed yeah. out of what's around the corner. Mm-hmm. I believe the people are probably stressed out, too, about what's around the corner. But um, of course, 
Yeah, but if someone out there is experiencing this kind of situation, um, and you know they have neighbors that that their dog like kind of runs the line of the fence, and you know they're they're talking to each other at the fence line. Something you can do is to pull your fence line back. So keep like don't actually pull your fence line back, but um, create another barrier um, that creates a buffer zone. So these dogs are not nose to nose at a chain link fence or at a wooden fence. That there is some space in between, um, and then you can yeah. also go out and get like that kind of screening. Um, you know, and then start with small things like, you know, mm. enrichment and building your your bond and your relationship and, and definitely listen to each other. Communication is a big, big component of dog training and, and dog behavior. And it goes right. both ways. Mm. 100%. Yeah. So that was a case study that didn't work out. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it did not work out. You just you you didn't go for it, and I I can't yeah. blame you because I have quite a few. Well, there's another one of the the littles where it's a pretty much the same scenario, except for luckily it's a small dog, so I'm not worried as far as someone getting injured, but mm-hmm. I am worried as far as someone potentially getting evicted because the neighbor um or a new neighbor has moved in with with a dog that I'm pretty sure is also intact, and my client's dog or my pet parent's dog is having a bit of a reaction that is is outside of the norm um they're just not feeling too or they're, they're curious and they're not getting that closure of okay i want to get to meet that dog they're they're there i hear them right. i, I somewhat see them yes there's tons of that and it's it's coming out in the form of barks so mm-hmm. uh, my client's dog is trying to figure out how can i get to some kind of common ground where i get to meet the neighbor and we can we can have some kind of um association where our dogs maybe meet to whatever extent they can handle but mm-hmm. at least it'll help my dog and maybe theirs um uh, as well but that's the scenario where um similarly there's there's no open door as far as getting in touch with that with that neighbor doesn't oh, seem to I see. wiggle room so we're kind of left in in the dark but there's been some some progress that's happening outside of my control and outside of theirs really it's just some progress that's happening they're getting to i think they're eventually going to be meeting pretty soon um and so then we can take it from there but having no control of the environment yeah that mm-hmm. on itself is 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 an issue and a trainer is not going to change that for you for yeah sure. and it, there has to be some level of understanding on a human's level as well like so i'm just thinking about when you were talking about that i have the same situation where i live so my neighbors um sometimes their daughters come over and they have dogs and I know Amelia would run the fence line. Um, and I know that there can be barrier frustration. So I don't let her. If I look out the window and I see that they're outside and she has to go pee, she can still yeah. go outside the backyard, but she's probably going to be on a leash. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I will refrain from going into the backyard as well when they're out there having like their visiting time with their parents and stuff. Like I don't want to cause stress on my my neighbor's dogs and and their um their their personal time that they're having like and i and i feel like that's okay like sometimes i feel like people get into their own heads and they're like well it's my backyard and i should be able to do what i want it is yeah. but you could also be a kind person and just be like you know what if i bring my dog out here it's going to cause some upset what You're- would you do if it's if, if you get snowed in or if um like your, your backyard's full of snow and we send a lot of those funny videos where the dog doesn't even want to go out yeah it's pretty much the same thing do you get mad at mad at the weather do you no, no you find some alternative yeah. because unless you think that your neighbors are trying to actively <laughs> do you 
wrong. I'm going to throw my snow into their yard. <laughs> and your dog's probably not not thinking that he wants to go out there anyway, but he's got to do something until he knows that he can maybe he or she can do something else, maybe something even better with you, a walk or anything, right? Yeah, you're right. We get in our heads. Yeah, I, I think it's I think it's totally OK to have a conversation. If you do get along with your neighbor, you guys have, you know, somewhat of a a good relationship. I think it's OK. Um, I'm saying this, though, but I also have a client that I worked with recently and um, they do not have a good relationship with their neighbor. Uh, oh. So I actually witnessed it. Um, I was training this dog and this dog is so tiny. He's the size of my shoe. So small. And we were working together and we were working outside because we were trying to get him to go potty outside. And while we were there, the neighbor came out and stood on their porch, like their veranda on their side of the house and watched us. And my client says to me, um, let's go inside. And I was like, why? Like, we haven't like, you know, we haven't given this dog enough time to kind of like, you know, move around and smell and get things flowing to have a, you know, elimination. And she goes, well, my neighbor doesn't like the dog. And I was like, but this is your yard. Like, you know, um, so uh, update on that situation. The dog doesn't go outside to pee. Like, Uh. you know, and it's just like, oh, my God. But we have to do better. We have to do better as a collective, as neighbors. Like we need to exercise kindness and understanding um, when there are situations. If you can read the situation, the dog on the other side of the fence is having a hard time. Do not mm-hmm. go out there with your dog and stir the pot. Try no your win. best. No. There's, no, there's little to no benefit. Uh, there's no. And on some level, the dog who is a neutral dog, or maybe not, must have some reactivity as well, right? If they're both running the fence line, mm. <laughs> you got to think that something is going on with all of them. Like, let's try to calm the entire situation. Um, yeah. But yeah, that was just, uh, it, was, it was an unfortunate um, situation. Uh, I do hope they are doing okay. I, um, I'm sure they figured out something that works for them that will please everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Hopefully. Yeah. But that's it, guys. That's all I have. We have two case studies. <laughs> I don't know what you would call mine, really. Uh, but it was just a tidbit of, I guess, insight as well as to trainers. And like sometimes we are not able to come in and help because maybe our information is not being received well or it's being shot down. Uh, and we do mean well. Um, and then sometimes it goes out really well. So I hope you enjoyed this episode of My Dog Has Fleas. We'll catch you at the next one. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>